Welcome to Nature-backed podcast of Singler. In this podcast, we are talking with investors about their vision of the new green world. My name is Tarmo Virki, and in this episode, I am talking with Rainer Sternfeld, founder of Planet OS and now partner at Nordic Ninja. Enjoy the show. Thanks, uh, Rainer, for finding time to speak with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, tell us a few words about the uh, your in- the investment fund, the uh, Nordic Ninja. It sounds uh, sounds rather cool, but how how was the fund uh, you know fund fu- founded? Right. Uh, so Nordic Ninja is currently the most active Japanese uh, VC in Europe. Um, and the story goes back to 2018 uh, uh, when the idea uh, in Japan was flooded. And the idea is that Japan um, has a, a, a very strong kind of history when it comes to innovation, but that's now been kind of uh, stagnant for 30 years or so, and particularly when we think about digital economy. And uh, to invigorate that, they started a fund called World Innovation Lab uh, in Palo Alto, which is run by my good friend, Gen Sayama. And that's the bridge between Japan and, and Silicon Valley. But they obviously make investments elsewhere, including TransferWise or WISE today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then they were looking to create a similar fund elsewhere. And, and that elsewhere, that focus became the Nordics and the Baltic uh, or the Baltic Rim as kind of hotbed for innovation. And uh, um, since I was traveling to Japan, uh, at, at the time I lived in California, I, 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 I founded a company called Planet West, which I will tell you later a little bit about. And then I was, I was in California and, and was in Japan, traveling to Japan every month or so. And um, I got a call just to, to ask for some advice. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of that simple advisory in terms of what to do in the Nordics and the Baltics and why this is a great area, of course, you should invest, that turned into uh, an offer. And, and since we had been there for eight years in California and my family, my kids had never lived in Estonia, uh, then we decided to take on this opportunity and landed here on this planet a few months before COVID. So great timing. So the, th- the fund today is a 100 million fund. Uh, 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 all backed by Japanese capital. Uh, uh, we have investors like JBIC, Panasonic, Honda, and Omron. Uh, uh, despite the names, we are uh, a super fast uh, financial VC focused on uh, new Nordic startups, uh, which are building digital infrastructure for sustainable transformation. That's how you would put it in a nutshell. We do focus on um, in the stages of Series A, Series B, uh, we're predominant. All of our stuff is in Series A. That's when we feel comfortable to get in, and that's when we feel that we can provide the most value to scale globally. So the idea there is that we look for number one teams in the world who just happen to be here in the New Nordics, because all these eight countries where we can invest in, the total population of those countries is about 33.5 million. It's about a third of Japan or 10% of the U.S. And so if you're in that type of a situation, you don't look at countries or, or very specialized markets like, I don't know, products for left-handed fishermen. Mm. You're looking for 
the absolutely best teams, management teams in the world in their segments who just are originated from here or are here or a version of that. Mm. So that's that's Nordic Ninja. And today we have 18 companies in our portfolio and eight, four of them are unicorns today and more to come. And so that's kind of the fund in a nutshell. And maybe it's important to say that our team consists of half of them are Japanese and half of them are non-Japanese. Mm. We have different uh, Nordic um, uh, people in on the team. Mm. How do you define this uh, sustainable transformation? The way we look at it is, is uh, uh, since I have built and been involved in, in uh, sustainable technology or, or technologies that are driving sustainability or tra- sustainable transformation, I have a pretty uh, uh, strong filter for BS. So uh, what we look at is, is uh, actual net impact. So that doesn't mean that we, when we look at a company that doesn't look or smell or act like a climate tech company that we don't look at it from the point of view of what kind of an impact does it have we still look at it so for example uh, uh, one of the best one of the best examples of that is an Estonian company called Berif mm-hmm. which even themselves they when I talk to Carl which is in our portfolio uh, they don't think about themselves as a climate tech company in any way but they rank the highest in our system uh, when it comes to digital infrastructure and sustainable transformation, because they are building digital infrastructure, you don't see they can uh, mm, be used by every human on the planet, or at least have the potential, without themselves knowing about it, because you know ID verification is important. And by providing that system, they're not just making ID verification like ten percent, twenty percent, whatever, more efficient. Just they're getting rid of all the travel, all the crap that you have to go through just to get yourself verified. Like if you're an Estonian living in Columbus, Ohio, and you need to get yourself verified, you need to go to, you know, you used to go to you know New York or DC or San Francisco or LA and and take an uh, you know take a plane. And so that that that's something you can completely forego with Riff. And so that's obviously why it's ranking super high. And, and uh, people will obviously understand this. It doesn't have to be marketed like some sort of a climate tech company, but it clearly has a massive net impact. And that's how we look at all companies in that sense. Mm. But we obviously have companies that are uh, head-on tackling this type of uh, um, uh, problem set. For instance, one of our portfolio companies is Climate View. It's a Stockholm-based company that grew out of a collaboration with the Swedish Climate Board by an applied mathematician um, founded by a, a, a applied mathematician or one of the founders, uh, and Tomer, uh, who who is the driving force behind the company, they created a climate action toolkit for cities. And if you think about cities, cities are a massive kind of a, a sustainability stack, if you think about it. And um, uh, when cities are creating their environmental policies, if you want to go through with that, you need money. You know, you need. To you know, you need to invest whether you want to uh, improve public transportation, get cars off the road, get more bikes, build more parks, uh, go towards renewable energy. All that stuff needs money. And 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 uh, banks uh, are ready to issue these green bonds, but then they need 
um, accountability tool. Like, wh where is that accountability tool? And of course, that's where Climate View comes in. So cities can use Climate View to plan their policies to see what one or the other um, policy measure will have the most impact. Mm -hmm. And then also when they in enforce those policies or roll out those policies, then it, they can also measure and track um, their progress. And then the lenders of the green bond issuers can can see what's going on. So it's on one hand a climate action toolkit, and on the other hand, it's also an accountability tool. And to me, it's really like a, a tool for democracy. And it's 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 engaging politicians and actually doing better. It's incentivizing them to do better. So it's a win-win for everybody. So we have companies like that that are head-on, you know, focusing on 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 uh, environmental policies using mm -hmm. technologies and, and embedded into all the data collection and modeling and all that stuff as well and 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 as the same with verif with each policy that is being run in the climate view system the system learns and gets better because it looks at the results on the other side of the uh, uh, equation so the more cities they have currently they have 120 cities that are using climate view around the world the more cities enroll, the better the tool becomes. So as simple cool. as that. Very cool. Um, you know, you re referred already to Planet OS story. You know, if we take the history ten years back, uh, roughly, right when you when you guys mm -hmm. came out with the Planet OS, I think it was probably one of the first, you know, at least definable as a climate tech companies in the region. Yeah. Maybe I, I I didn't think about it at the time <laughs> like that, but uh, yeah, uh, Planet West uh, was originally founded as Marine Explorer and grew out of uh, a data buoy company which we built as a side project uh, for Taltech that helped uh, the Taltech Marine Systems Institute to measure phytoplankton concentration in the Finnish Gulf. Super academic, super important too, mm -hmm. because it allowed them to understand how the herring moves. And that's mm -hmm. important as well, because the the Finnish uh, Bay is filled with heavy dissolved metals. Um, well, the, the entire Baltic Sea is not just the Finnish Gulf. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and so we we created marine explorer to build the world's first big data platform for ocean data and it became massively popular uh among the entire marine uh, community uh, around the world uh not just academics whatever data scientists maritime companies uh, uh energy companies what have you insurance companies but then it grew into planet OS because there was a big demand and how do you even deal with large-scale disparate data sets uh, that are either satellite data or some climate models or some time series sensor data or whatever. And so we created a, what we would call a virtual database on top of all the other uh, databases that didn't really interoperate together. And then that would allow you to really quickly find and create data sets and then a set of APIs so that you can attach your analytics to it. So it was a kind of a middleware, if you will. Um, and we patented it, and it's today uh, being used by you know, who is who of of this world, from private to public, like NASA and 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 so forth. But then private, you know, from oil companies to renewables to whoever. So so the way we found our kind of uh, growth was through uh, uh, renewable energy, and particularly offshore wind farms, 
we had a bunch of different projects which obviously initially created some revenue but none of them really grew and so with offshore wind farms we found our perfect uh, product market fit and the problem there was that you know in any given bigger wind farm you have uh, a dozen systems that feed data into the control rooms and all that data comes in different systems and so we had to uh, integrate all that together in a bloomberg style uh, view so that people in the control room would have the same understanding as people in the boardroom that's the way the pitch went mm -hmm. and that worked and so in a short two years we had over 160 wind farms integrated into the system and in 2017 in august we got acquired by a company called Intertrust, which was also our investor. And then Intertrust is the inventor of digital rights management. And of course, since that had become commoditized in the world of music and movies and all that, we are in a world today, which is not surprising at all, five years later, that you know data is property and we have GDPR and if data becomes property, it needs to be managed. But what about our rights, you know, like are our, our, our citizens equitable in their but when their data is used for some other business purpose, normally we don't get paid. We are the product, you know, mm -hmm. if the product is free. If, if, if the service is free, you're the product. And that, of course, was something that was okay, maybe in ad tech or whatever, but not certainly okay in energy. And, and when you think about European countries, which are super sensitive about it, then we found uh, a lot of traction there. So the next two years after the acquisition, I lived on airplane. Uh, traveling the world, meeting power, uh, power companies uh, around the world who would be building smart uh, kind of uh, home systems or, or uh, grid management systems or trying to understand the feasibility of solar wind farms or, or an, uh, electric car charging networks or whatever. And, mm -hmm. uh, and back in the day, I actually, um, before Plan OS, I, I, I designed, I helped ABB to design the nationwide fast charging network for electric cars in Estonia, which became, again, the first in the world, uh, 2011. And uh, and so I took all these experiences and we sold the, the Plan OS kind of a system to uh, uh, power companies mm -hmm. uh, for a, a various degree of different projects. Mm -hmm. And then from there on, natural next step was uh, insurance companies. Mm -hmm insurance companies that have premiums and, and you need to use data to create more precise uh, parametric insurance policies. Mm. Do you see the, uh, I mean, I was speaking recently with somebody from our, our region who was uh, kind of saying that not uh, much is happening or very little is starting to happen only in climate-related uh, startup field in the whole Eastern Europe. I mean, was Planet OS one of the was probably one of the first you know related companies, but are you seeing now more traction to this whole sector? I think probably defining the sector is you know one of the challenges, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, there are really two questions that you're asking. One is is this a sector on its own, or is uh, like in my view, digital infrastructure and 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 sustainable transformation, as we like to look at it here. Uh, are kind of like filters, you know, like good practice, like sustainability equals profitability in our point of view. And and digital uh, digital infrastructure is the only way you can become competitive, right? So like Bolt is a transportation company that's leveraging technology, right? Or Wise is a, a financial company that's leveraging technology. 
So I, I, we, we have, you know, self-driving algorithm car, uh, companies uh, that in, in Sweden and Finland, both that rank quite high on sustainable transformation, because when you look at how much um, can they, their technology help to decrease the carbon footprint compared to the status quo, then it, 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 it's pretty high but it doesn't look like a climate tech company. So, but in general, if you look at companies like, you know, Single Earth, of course, uh, your company and uh, Climate View that I've described uh, that are head on looking at bigger picture, like, you know, let's say, uh, you know, uh, carbon capture or green energy or uh, environmental policies, that as a sector, obviously it's still, it's in an infancy uh, and, and not only here, in northern eastern kind of europe it's 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 still in its infancy everywhere because many of them are uh good as a uh, uh i don't know a slow growing business family business consultancy but very few of them have become really a, a category defining companies that are changing everything the way we look at it so uh, but I'm, I'm uh, to answer the first part of your question. Yes, I'm seeing an, uh, definitely an uh, upwelling of those types of companies, and and it's it's clear that younger the younger generation they want to work on something that's more meaningful, and and you can uh, induce change when the incentives are right, as we see with many companies in our portfolio as well, like uh, a company we have in our portfolio is called Logmore. It's out of U.S. originally, now it's in Helsinki and San Francisco. Super exciting company because they have invented a, 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 a very small postmark size uh, data logger that you can put on airplanes because it doesn't have any radio or Bluetooth in it. Uh, and so when you attach those data loggers to sensitive goods like pharmaceuticals or food or electronics, you can reduce dramatically reduce the amount of waste that happens um, uh, during uh, uh, the supply chain when the supply chains are not ensured that, that like say like covid vaccines or mm. or you know electronics if they get you know too much humidity or whatever mm. uh, so so there's a lot of uh, food electronics and pharmaceuticals that get thrown away and when, we, when i say a lot we're talking about 30 to 40 percent Oh. of all the food pharmaceuticals electronics a little bit lower um uh it gets thrown away because you can't be safe if if you know if you don't have the data you, then you know obviously and covid vaccines were very very um a clear case of that you know there you had a matter of life and death not just like some rotten bananas or whatever mm. <laughs> mm. so that's a company that that's not you know necessarily a climate tech company but if you can uh, uh, um, prevent uh, thirty to forty percent of stuff being thrown away. That's still energy that's being used to create new stuff, and so why would you throw it away? Mm, exactly. Uh, kind of the in, uh, kind of climate impact could be could be massive if it, yeah. if it if also if if the companies are growing. The uh, if you if you look at the kind of um, startup field. Uh, across this region, you, you mentioned you are seeing an uptick of companies working in the in the climate-related uh, topics. Could you kind of uh, you know go a bit deeper with that? Uh, is it something more specific, something in specific sectors or specific countries? 
Mm-hmm. Well, maybe to answer that, there are there are two ways investors look at it, um, depending on what their focus is as an investor. So there is a way to look at it from a, um, a holistic ESG perspective, which which means you know looking at uh, the whole society and knowledge and health and the environment, which is often stuff that happens inside those companies. Are these companies run? Um, in a sustainable fashion from all the aspects of ESG. And then the other side of that coin is that is the stuff that they're making, whether it's digital or physical or both, is the stuff that they're making, what is their impact on the society? And we look at both at, at Nordic Ninja because we are partners for uh, 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 in, a, in a system called Upright, the Upright Project in Finland which has a Google-esque approach to uh, benchmarking all funds or companies, whatever you're doing from an ESG perspective. And then internally, we are using our own methodology to measure the company's uh, product's impact on the domain. And so um, there are clearly uh, companies that that are looking at this in the same way uh, whether they are investors or just uh, you know startups, um, um, so you you have companies that are looking at sustainable investing. Right? So you have like Greenfin, and and you have um, mm, uh, a, a massive amount of um, uh, kind of energy is going towards moving atoms, as we say at Nordic mm-hmm. Ninja. That moving atoms means moving people, moving goods. And so uh, when you move atoms, we have, by the way, uh, I think about 40% of the capital allocated in our fund so far is into reducing the amount of energy uh, that is spent on moving atoms mm. or or, or, ri- or getting rid of moving atoms altogether, like in the case of Griff, which is uh, uh, an exceptional. Uh, mm. So... So that's one area. The other one, obviously, is uh, uh, related to health and food. Uh, these are two separate things. Normally, when you look at people talk about food tech and digital health, but since we are in this smaller market of eight countries, we look at it like in, a, in the same way. It's like, who are those teams? So that there's a very large uh, portion of companies trying to tackle that. Um, there are there are. Um, companies that are doing traditional stuff, like one one of our, one of my kind of ways to think about things is that, you know, I I don't eat meat, right? But I I know that the, um, obviously a lot of people eat meat and they will be eating meat in the next you know decades to come, even though that is going to be reduced uh, reducing in terms of percentage share, they still will do that. So if we are going to have people eating meat uh, it should be done uh, as efficiently as possible like what if there was a way to reduce methane emission of cows like 80 percent uh so you would get like one kilo of beef uh, with 20 percent of the energy that is compared mm-hmm. to what is it today of course i would support in doing that even though i don't eat meat right mm-hmm. it's still net impact or like forestry, there's like a lot of energy being spent. Uh, Like if you think about it, we're still using wood, right? For whatever reasons. If we reduce 
the amount of wood being used that's important and that's obviously what single earth is doing like that's keep the forest where it is that's it's biodiversity it's everything i you know we obviously understand that but then you still need to take down trees okay what is the efficiency of taking down trees it's super low it leaves massive marks and uh, and destroys you know, there's tracks and what if there was a way to to make that efficient and so you know you see companies trying to do that and we're not obviously experts in that but but we are interested in stuff like that mm. and uh, at least i am not an expert in forestry but i'm just saying that if you look at the whole value chain uh, you look at the the different steps needed so single earth is in that portion of the forestry well let's keep them where it is but mm. then for the trees that are still being cut down we should do that as efficiently yeah. and as as with as small footprint as possible mm. right so so it's, it's it's the whole thing you have mm. to look at the whole thing and and in the mobility sector uh we are uh, moving atoms sector so to speak we are doing the same looking mm -hmm. at value chain so we have a company like einride in sweden which is making uh, autonomous electric trucks mm -hmm. that that uh, was the first company in europe to be allowed on uh, public roads uh so that that is an incredible company uh, and then on the other side you have the last mile with starship uh so which is also a portfolio company so which is kind of like mini einride small mm -hmm robot deliveries autonomous deliveries mm -hmm. last mile on sidewalks or pavement as british english would say mm -hmm. so that's that's how you would look at it and uh, and i think there's still a lot to do in digital health but we haven't seen like unicorn cases there mm. the there's this middle layer still missing probably that the goods would be that you would get the goods from the right to starship uh, without oh, yeah. any humans involved in the process right yeah yeah i mean that 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 is still something that uh, humans need to deal with obviously <laughs> there's too much complexity right so mm. that's where that's where like uh, climate view helps and and you know like one of my one of my favorite things there is that um there's this uh, world famous industrial designer Dieter rams and 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 I, in his documentary there's this bit where he's where he's asked at some fireside chat in Munich by from a question from the audience is like hey why why haven't you designed any cars i would love to have and this is in Munich right so like car mecca and everybody has a bmw and whatever and so why haven't we seen a dieter rams designed car and he's like yeah but you know cars are stupid like you know you you have uh, you know uh, kind of overcompensated uh, overdimensioned the vehicles that go too fast and 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 instead we should design better public uh, transportation infrastructure or if there were like pods or whatever they should be moving autonomously or you know all, all that kind of stuff so it's 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 definitely like a thing that we need to figure out and and one of the powers of digital infrastructure and all this data is that we can actually spend more time uh understanding and simulating and making the right decisions instead of oh we just invented this stuff it's cool let's do it and then you know five years later oh shit this is this is not going to work mm -hmm. um so i i obviously uh, and this is something that i say all the time is that there is there is to be this uh, futurologist uh, or futurist um uh, james martin uh, in the uk he's passed away now but he had this 
cool quote that I liked, which was that in the 20th century, humans figured out a way how to invent stuff and bring stuff to life. We, we're very good at that. that. That's what separates us from other animals, is that creating tools. But in the 21st century, the main theme it should be about control, meaning that we can now control. We, we already know that we can come up with anything or build anything we, we come up with. But now the decision has to be made. It's like we need to be very careful. What do we bring into this world? Because we can bring anything into this world. And whether we bring chaos or harmony, that's up to us. So that's why we like stuff that is uh, helping us to make better decisions. Mm. So, so that's what climate view does. Uh, and then, of course, there's this big, big, big topic, which is measurable, but over a longer scale, which is health. Like we are living in a era of aging societies, right? Mm. Not exactly a climate tech thing initially, like from the on the face of it. But you know, if you're bedridden, if you're sick, let's say you live uh, to a hundred years old, and their last thirty years are kind of rubbish because you know, you haven't been able to live normally. So uh, one of our portfolio companies is called Compinostics, and this is the most complicated company we have a deep tech company they're taking your brain mri and are able to predict the risk of alzheimer's and they do that by analyzing your brain mri scan against uh, the whole world's brain mri database uh, anonymized database and and uh, if you do that early enough you can prevent or take steps to prevent alzheimer's and and that type of stuff is still in its infancy but if that becomes a thing we like men today take a PSA test, right? Women may take a mammograph when when they're forty or, or earlier. Even uh, we are not making these brain brain MRIs yet. But in an aging society, uh, the percentage of uh, people with Alzheimer's is increasing, and that's a massive amount of uh, carbon. If you put it just all on paper, that's all, it's 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 a bad way of life, and nobody wants to live like that yeah. and, and finish their life, obviously. But it's also a massive burden, mm. and nobody wants to be a burden, of mm. course. So if we can figure that out, that will be massive. And there mm. are a host of all sorts of health issues that we need to deal with that mm. are related to aging society. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you were talking about the ESG in uh, relatively mm-hmm. positive terms, and and earlier you were speaking about how you were born with a great bullshit filter. Don't the ESG topics often run into your bullshit filter? Yeah, yeah, we, we see a lot of, I mean, we have a great deal flow at Nordic Ninja and uh, we see, we see, uh, how do I say, I mean, it, the fact that it's in the, the society's consciousness is, is good, mm. but I sometimes feel like people, uh, well, maybe some people are using it uh, to, to greenwash and all that, but generally startups are just trying to uh, show that they care but sometimes when you have a company like the brain scanning company that i just explained mm. you don't have to you don't have to explain on every slide you know that you are like a climate tech company or, or like how you're reducing carbon footprint that's obviously important but i think everybody understands that if you're doing something worth doing like brain scanning for predicting alzheimer's nobody's gonna <laughs> you know mm. so we see this increase in 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 marketing copy mm. and uh, that's that's 
doesn't bother me because I see through all that stuff because mm. of my experience. But but mm, there is well, let's say this way: uh, as humans, we have not still figured out how to do this properly. Mm. I, we've seen all sorts of ways to measure this. You know the. There are tools like uh, you know uh, world favor that are kind of uh, mostly kind of manual entry tools uh, which are very good but then there's companies like upright which are more google-esque approach uh, to measure this and we don't even know how to measure it and, and clearly we need to you know reduce reuse recycle as the saying goes um, um but we all have to make changes and and so uh some of these changes can be started on a grassroots level and some of these changes can be started on policy level so there are only so many things an individual can do but smart policies are also needed and and if if they are made in a in a very good way in a concise way uh, then you can engage with people sometimes i feel that uh, we're, we're we're stuck with kind of like labels that we need uh, you know, like you can see this polarization, right? There are certain topics, like when you say climate change and some political circles, it will immediately get red flagged because it's it's sort of like the enemy, right? Uh, and 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 like the funniest example, and I'm sorry, I dig I'm digressing, but the funniest example is that after Trump's victory in uh, you know 2016 when he came into office in january 2017 i was on a bus tour in west virginia uh with the atlantic council and and uh and i uh, we went to uh, uh like a virginia, virginia university i think was one of the stops later we we met with the group that was doing community solar in coal country and uh, and you have people that are voting for coal jobs they have solar panels on the rooftop so with their wallets and with their brains they're voting obviously this is normal because the levelized cost of energy of solar panels is way lower than anything else that they had available but they're still you know voting for cold jobs and politicians that are that are promising false pro you know false pro giving false promises so so you have you have that issue and, and, and i think I think we need to figure out a language and an, an em empathic understanding how to do that better. Otherwise, we're going to drown in all this BS. Mm. That's a sad, sad future and a sad future picture for many, probably. Uh, you were talking about the politics, and uh, I know we are, you know, closely close or soon running out of time. I wanted to ask you about the kind of European energy transformation. The with the the current war and uh, the pressure on the kind of uh, fossil fuels across the Central Europe, do you, you know how do you see the the kind of interest maybe in the alternative energy startups and is this the kind of uh, I don't know the what's the chicken doing the golden eggs uh, thing in in the near future? Yeah, so this is again a lesson in strategic thinking, you know this this uh, um, uh, Russian war in Ukraine um, uh, obviously people on the eastern flank of Europe um, bordering with Russia don't need to be reminded of this we are the ones that were kind of the boy who called shark and nobody listened 
and now it's like we told you so uh but mm, there are hard choices i i i you know it's not black and white obviously so for some northern countries i mean you can't say that everybody should go over solar and and uh, um, wind and we are happy i mean we need to solve the energy storage question that means we need to use uh rare earth metals um you know we need to make some hard choices when it comes to uh nuclear versus coal in germany obviously you know backfired in that sense and many other things uh, related to geopolitical choices with gas and Nord stream which is a horrible horrible way to run stuff so but i think in general i i'm still an optimist i i, I in general think that technology is the only technology is a way of doing things and so technology is the only thing that will actually change the world and politically you can uh incentivize that as we have done this in estonia or uh you can be against it right but generally politics is reactionary in its nature um uh but it, but I am still very optimistic that Europe is still the best place for clean tech. Europe is still the best place to talk about uh, a clean energy and, and we can figure it out uh, rather easily. We don't have that many um, disagreements as maybe in other sectors and we can afford it, mm. right? Because it is expensive to adopt new technologies and the cost of those technologies will come down over time that's the whole essence of it so but that doesn't mean that we have to say no to nuclear like if, especially when we think about modular nuclear um that can be made safer um you know the the like the old nuclear reminded of like the old waterfall way of like developing software like you can the, the iterations or the innovation iterations were too slow and um and now we have to do something different but I think if the choice is between coal or gas and nuclear, then we have to do small modular nuclear, and then maybe down the road we can figure out to go full, uh, full solar or something. Uh, there's going to be an energy mix. There's not going to be one single source of energy, obviously. And then the storage portion of it is super important, obviously. Mm, cool. That's that's somewhat more positive note to to wrap up this uh, podcast recording. Uh, thanks, Reiner, for your time today. Thanks, thanks, Dharma, and uh, let's uh, let's keep the conversation going. Absolutely. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye. Join us again for the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please give us a good rating and leave the feedback in your podcast player so others will find it too. We will be back next week. Turn on to Nature Backed Podcast. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. 
Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid.